It's good to be here with Effective Heart Change. Welcome, Dale. Thank you, sir. It is good to be here. Uh, we, we needed to get back in the saddle. It's been a while. We take a break now and then. We do several in a short period, and then we uh, take a little break, and then we come back and get after it again. Sometimes we break too long, <laughs> and it makes it a little more challenging to get back on track, but we'll do our best. Well, the last time we were talking about three kings, and the three kings were talking about people who live in the world, first of all, as judges, which tend to be knowledge people, and they struggle with being critical of others. The second type were caregivers. Caregivers are people who easily flow into being a rescuer, where they end up controlling and manipulating quite a bit. And the last one I call judgment people. These are people who need justice. They, they need to see outcomes from people and responses from people. And these kings, when it comes to pain, they struggle in a whole different way than the typical person you think of as being in a place of pain and needing to forgive. So what you're describing is these are authority people. These are people that have uh, some stature and, and are used to being in charge and listened to. And where we started with the first one was we talked about these people actually are driven by pain. A person who is a knowledge person, a competency person, they slide into judgment because there's pain there. They're not getting the response that they need. And so what could have been helpful then becomes very hurtful and very damaging. And that's what's happened in a lot of our culture in terms of the way people view judges and you're speaking with judgment, et cetera. People feel looked down upon. They feel less than. They feel criticized. And so then anyone who speaks anything in that knowledge area tends to be kind of suspect in today's world. So, so the person in authority is, is feeling slighted because what's obvious to him or her is not obvious to the audience that they're portraying that to. This time we're going to go into the approaches, the king's approach, because what we find is this group of people tend to respond differently than other people who are more going to fall into the victim status or into, wow, you hurt me or any of that kind of thing. If you're a king, that just doesn't work for you. So the pain looks different. The response looks different. And the first response that I want to talk about today is perfectionism. That's one of the things that happens. And obviously, that ties in very well with the knowledge and competency person who then becomes a judge. They turn it back inward. And frankly, that's what kings tend to do. They won't show you that side of it. They'll play all of this out internally, and so you might see a poker face. You might see something where you're like, this person doesn't care, but on the inside, frequently there are high levels of perfectionism going on. Kind of like I'm above all that. I'm not going to show you what, what really bothers me. 
because I would be lowering myself to your level if I did that. And their outward response is that because that that value that they have, they need to be influencers. So I can't show you that side. You wouldn't think as well of me. You wouldn't respect me. So then I wouldn't be able to be an influencer. So yes, they, they play that game and it's, they've got this cover going on to, to where I'm not going to show you what's going on inside of me. And, and your use of the king's seat is very appropriate because you think about a king in his kingdom, he's never wrong. And, and, and if, if, if he's feeling rejected, that might give him a sense that I'm actually a human and I can't let everybody know. I'm, I'm the king and what I say is, is law. And there is that need to project confidence and mm -hmm. strength and to be in control. And many times you get that with these personalities and, and people who are in this type. So you look at them outwardly and you're thinking, there's nothing going on here. But a huge tendency that happens over and over and over again is that turn back inward where people are self-critical and they make perfectionism their goal where I'm going to do this the right way. I've got to be on top of this. I've got to do it the right way. Interesting, because I, I, I have this thought that uh, they have started to believe themselves as far as I've got to have all the answers so I can't show uh, any kind of negativity there. I find myself doing some of that kind of stuff instinctively. I, a lot of times people around me will say, wow, you look like you're really in control. You look like you're really in a good place. When I know me, I know what's going on inside of me, and inside of me my mind is racing, and I'm going through all of these different scenarios, and, and I'm also at the same time, I'm, I'm quickly checking myself here and here and here and oh, that wasn't good enough, and you should have said this this way, or you should have done that, or all of this stuff is just going on, and my mind is racing on the inside, but somehow, some way, on the outside, I tend to look more controlled, look more placid in that, and it's not something I'm necessarily trying to do. It's not like I come up and, I want to show you how calm and peaceful I am. It just, it just, all of that is happening at a subconscious level to where that's just, that's just what you do. That's how you do it. And again, I'm not trying to do that, but I live in this world. And I also live in that world of being highly introspective, highly perfectionistic. I don't know what else to say, but it is, you know, and, and as I was listening to you, you were almost assigning motives to it to where they're trying to do that and trying to put on this cover and et cetera. And that happens. And there are people who intentionally do that. That's not me. I'm in a world where I just as soon show you who I am. I'm not trying to hide anything, but I instinctively do that. But that's the conflict, is it not, that uh, uh, we think that's how we want to approach it, and that's what we try to do. But the reality is there's a, a sub-context <laughs> uh, somewhere that is the reality of the moment that we are trying to hide it. We are trying to, we're, we're trying to set it aside, and, and we think we're not doing that, but we do. In this series, we're talking about in the king's seat. So we're talking about forgiveness. We're talking about letting go. That's, that's the big 
title for all three of these series that talk about handing off pain. So in the king's seat, handing off pain looks different because the pain is different. I'm looking at this thing, and I've got all of this stuff going on inside, and I'm calculating all of these things, and I'm thinking about how can I be a good influence in my world? It's, I turn it into a Christian context, so how can I be a godly influence? And I'm checking out all of this stuff, and anytime I feel like I've blown it even a little bit, even slightly, then I'm just down on myself really mm -hmm. quickly. Now we're identifying the pain of the king seat person. And wherever there's pain, wherever there's this kind of perfectionism going on, what happens to my message? My message to the other person is likely to get perverted at that point, and many times the person who's on the listening end won't understand that, oh, I'm over here struggling with perfectionism because I look calm and I look like I'm putting it out there in a positive way. And so the other person's like, well, this person just, they're toying with me, they're messing with me, they they think I'm low life or whatever. Who knows what the message is that comes across? But I'm dealing with pain on the inside. Many times people in the king's seat don't see that, don't deal with it. And sometimes the people sitting on the other side of the room, they also don't see it either. And sometimes they do. And sometimes they do see <laughs> and that, it. That's a really interesting... Uh, the king's seat is a, a good choice because... Uh, kings are used to having a, an audience, a big audience. In fact, a king uh, is a solo performer and the only one in town. And, and so <laughs> the tendency is there's a lot of people out there that are used to having you be the authority in doing things. And so when it comes it comes to you that what you're what you're portraying isn't really what you mean to portray, uh, then they feel cheated somehow because if they start to recognize that you're you're talking down at them, and they they'll be offended by that. So that'll make it more personal on your on the king's end. Again, as a king. A lot of my value is on how you receive me, how you respond to me. I, it's not necessarily do I know something, but how do I influence you? That word influencing ends up being powerful. Then if I'm a knowledge and competency person, then it's like, okay, I have this information. I've got to be able to get it across to you. And, and you need it. And so that becomes a challenge. The you need it becomes a problem because now it will feel like I'm above you and looking down on you. That really messes up the message. And then as soon as the message is messed up, your response isn't as good. Well, now I'm noticing that your response isn't as good. And so then I get back into my perfectionistic zone. And this is what I'm trying to say in this whole segment. We're talking about just how much inward stuff is going on, but so much of the time you would never know it. I think that's a really valuable insight because I don't think the majority of us, close to everybody, uh, has an idea of what's going on inside of, of the, the struggles that we go through hour by hour, day by day. Let, let's just make it personal for a moment. Uh -oh. You've known me for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. 
Do you see that struggle going on inside of me on a regular basis or not? Well, I think I have some insight into it. Well, yes. you should. We've, we've been around <laughs> enough that you should have some insight. But I, I'm, I guess I'm just asking at a level where, how do I come across? Is, do you see that or is much of what I'm talking about really actually hidden? Well, when, when you come across in that kind of way, you can pretty much depend on me making some comment. You'll give me a hard time. You'll come back. We have that relationship, so it works. And it's healthy. And it's healthy. Yeah. But I'm, my point was, we know each other well. There's probably a lot of times when I'm just intent on getting a point across or whatever. I don't even know what's going on inside of me. I've got some of this stuff going on. It was just a simple question of, okay, how much of that are you picking up on, even though you know me well? I wonder a little bit if, okay, even despite that relationship, some of that's still even hidden to you. Well, one of the, one of the things in writing that, that uh, one has to get used to is, is what I am saying, uh, portraying what I want to uh, get across, the point I want to get across. Uh, you, 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 we've been around each other enough to know that, that like today, uh, you use the word peace. And, and it struck me that uh, the way you used it and the, what you were talking about, uh, you could take it the wrong way because there's P-I-E-C-E, which is a bit of, and there's peace, P-E-A-C-E, which is a time of of good feeling and things. And, and so for me, that's, being a word guy, that's how that comes out a lot of times, is, is the clarity in what you're meaning to say, does that, is that what you're actually giving? Today we're talking about the King's Approach. This first segment we've been talking about perfectionism or turning inward. And so much of what the king does, the influencer does, is they turn that back inward and they're, they're calculating what's going on. And, and again, all of that calculation a lot of times is actually counterproductive. It creates more trouble than it's worth. So it's, it's not a good tendency, but it's one of those tendencies that happens. Well, let's stop, take a moment to explore where we've been, and then we'll be continuing. Well, let's jump in on a second king's approach, and that is insecurity. This one really can be hidden in the same way that we talked about in the first time, because in order to be that influencer, the last thing I want to do is show you insecurity, and in fact, sometimes the last thing I want to do is even admit it to myself, because if I'm not convinced of my ideas, how am I going to convince you of my ideas? So it's almost like you've got this same thing going on that we talked about in the last segment, where you've got this hidden trait that is very much at work, and the louder the insecurity is, the more pronounced it becomes in terms of your message and in, in terms of the way it comes across to people, but it's almost like the denial increases it, the awareness kind of decreases it, but 
king seat people tend to not want to admit that insecurity. They won't. They don't want to believe that they're not believing what they're saying. Well, it's how how can I convince you if I have questions? I can't present myself that way to you. So they've got this thing going on, and it's it's performance related, but it's it's very much there, and that's a key word. It's performance related. As long as I believe that my performance is huge, I'm going to struggle with insecurity because we live in a fallen world, and anytime you're putting yourself under that kind of pressure for performance, it's going to cause you to go into a place of insecurity. Interestingly enough, last night I spent some time watching The Voice, and and, uh, performance is everything. And periodically, uh, someone clutches, <laughs> uh, knowing that that performance is everything, and and uh, doesn't deliver. Has a great voice, has has made a good choice in music and everything, but doesn't deliver because there's a question. It's the moment, yeah. and everything's tight, and. We respond that way naturally, and, and that's why I use the word message a lot, because there's things that just flow out of us, flow out of our inner being, and when the insecurity is higher, all of a sudden the message just changes, and you and I aren't on the same page, and it, it's a struggle, and, so, and then the harder I work at it, the more frustrated I become, and this becomes a compounding thing. But back to the pain. If I'm an influencer, how you respond to me becomes more important than me just being me, resting before God, living life. And when I'm not doing that, the insecurity grows, my message gets worse, my insecurity grows, it becomes a compounding thing. That uh, the God connection is so huge because uh, God made you to be you. Uh, he, he, the, in creation, I believe each one of us are gifted in in a way that is beneficial to all around you. Uh, when we t- try to take charge of that, uh, we we recognize th- some of those giftings, and and uh, you become the king. Uh, you're born into the right family, and and through the progression, through through older people dying, eventually you get to be the king. But the, the, that's great. That's what you were intended to be. Evidently, you were in that family. So what you do with that makes, makes a big difference. And, and, and you can get to a point where you are losing who you really are in God's eyes and trying to be the image that you are in your eyes. What's really sad is you stop responding to people in real time, in the moment, so then I go into something like rehearsing. Uh, I, you've been around people who so much of their lives are rehearsed. You get the same stories told in the same ways, and, and everything's there, and so they've tried out their stories several times, or they've tried out their approaches, or they've tried out, and so, okay, now I've, I've come up with a performance that's really effective, and I'm I'm going to do this performance. Well, the more I'm in insecurity, the more I slide into something like performance because, again, I'm insecure. These things are going back and forth. 
I can't just be me. I can't be real. I can't be in the moment because I have to have that impact on you. <laughs> I had, a, had an image, as often happens, of, of a marksman, someone who's good with a rifle, has a scope, and, and is, is wonderfully talented at hitting the bullseye. Uh, something comes along that stirs that up, and he's all over the place. It's more like a shotgun. And, and the, the comparison of there is, may not be that great, but the, the fact is we get sidelined either by people's uh, attention to, to this is what I'm offering and you, you need this, or their lack of attention of, of that they're not focused on what we want them to focus. Uh, and and th there's going to be a response one way or the other. If you want the response to be good, you relax. You become yourself. But instead, what we do, we, we do performance. We do control. We do manipulation. We do control. We, we do woe is me. We play victim. I mean, we do all kinds of different control techniques. So then I start through that series of things. And it's interesting. I've, I've worked with different people who they were controllers, and they've, they go through the victim. They go through the angry person. They go through, I mean, they literally play every single game that you can play in order to try to influence you and control the situation. That all comes out of this basic insecurity. And they do all that until they get to themselves. And, you know, to, to, to realize, oh, this is my problem, and, and who knows what goes there. And, and that is a good point, because I sit on the other side of that seat a lot where you're working with people, and when they find that all of the normal tools don't work, many times they do finally just go, okay, I'm out of tools, what do I do? Many times they will get to the point of being themselves. That's when it's amazing. That's when it's a great victory. Many times, they simply start back over again. Well, I'm thinking as you're describing that, one way or the other, somebody's going to come to a conclusion. And, and uh, uh, if someone is trying to help uh, you realize what you're doing and uh, you refuse, uh, <laughs> it isn't going to be you that comes to that conclusion. But someone's going to come to a conclusion one way or the other. With the perfectionism, I'm turned back inward. I'm really nailing myself. With the insecurity, it's just kind of a general state. It's, it's almost like anxiety. It's just kind of hanging around there, and it impacts. It invades everything else that I do, impacting this message. And so everything I do, everything I say takes on a different zone, but it's there. It's, it's pain. It's underneath the surface. It's, it's worry. It's worry. So one of the most powerful things I can do is just take a deep breath, relax, admit that that's what's going on. When I admit that that's what's going on, especially if I admit it openly, it really takes that thing out of the elephant, out of the middle of the room, so to speak, and wow, we're able to talk about it. It makes you more real. It makes you more human. But so often it just stays there under the surface and it's it's kind of like a toothache that's not really at that high level yet, but it's just a constant pain that's always there. You, you bring up the golden solution, and that's to admit 
that uh, you're troubled by whatever's going on. But the key here, king seat people, they don't want to admit, and many times the people dealing with them don't think that this is going on inside of the other person. So now I have two people who aren't being real. We can't be real. We can't talk. We can't get it to a place where we can actually commune and connect in a positive way. And now, at best, we can have a working relationship. Or at least walk away from it for a period of time and give it time uh, to where we may come to some kind of clarity in each of our situations. When relationships work, there is a realness, there is an openness, there is a genuine connection. And the perfectionism that we've talked about, the insecurity, are going to shut that down. So then all of a sudden we, we know something's wrong. And if I'm not in the king's seat, if I'm dealing with someone who is a king, I can make all kinds of accusations of that critical jerk. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we, can, we can go... It's all about the other guy. We can go all into labels and all into that stuff and not realize I'm not necessarily responding at a level of openness and realness that if I was, maybe both of us could get on the same page. Lately, there's a word from my past that has come to mean a lot more to me, and that is consideration. Uh, in relationships, no matter if it's from the king's seat or from the, the, popula, the populace, uh, from the population. Consideration, both ways, uh, will at least give the opportunity to step back and, and consider what may be going on in the king and, and how I may be responding if I'm part of the population. It's important to me to have laid these out because a lot of times the person in the observing seat, the person in the receiving seat doesn't understand that these are pain drivers Mm -hmm. to the king. So when the king is approaching them in a certain way, the king becomes somehow inhuman and the chance of really having quality connection doesn't exist. Let's take a moment, review this area of insecurity, and then we'll continue with the last area. That's a personal problem. People make me angry. I make me angry. And, and uh, I don't come out with it very often. But when I do, then I'm, as my wife would have called me the other day, as she did, I won't repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> get, get that going on. Yeah. Uh, Your point is, is amazing because if I'm a king's seat person, I need to control my anger. So much of the time, anger is actually a slow burn. And over and over again, when I'm struggling with people who are dealing with anger, I ask them this question, what's driving your anger? And most of the time they can't answer, but there's something in there. There's a pain point. There's Mm -hmm. something in there that's driving that anger. And when they finally see that, most of the time, Anger is driven by a need to be an influencer. Just about all anger is tied to a sense of powerlessness. So I feel like I should be a king. I feel like I should be an influencer. I should be able to impact you, and I'm trying to impact you, and I'm getting absolutely 
nowhere with you. You don't even have to need to be the king. No. Oh, no, no, no. You do not need to be a king's personality on this one. And, and, and here's where the word consideration comes into to play. That we, we have, uh, the, the, back to the earlier study, safe is is important place to be. Uh, we, we don't have to rule, but we like to be considered. And, and the point of view needs to be considered. And, and that's where my anger lies, is that uh, so often it seems like it doesn't matter what I think, and, 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 and that's what triggers when I get angry. Every human being has been gifted, if you will, with that need to be an influencer. Now, or wired. Wired. <laughs> I think they're different. The same, same idea, a different interpretation. Some of us, myself included, some of us actually, that's kind of our life. That's who we are. Much of my life is played out in front of, mm -hmm. with other people. That's just kind of me. If you go to my wife, uh, it's like, no, she wants her life played out with a very small group of people, her, her core, her family. Now, my wife wants to be an influencer. Mm -hmm. She wants to be an influencer. And with, in her way, she is. And she is, with mm -hmm. her children, yes. with her husband. Yes. I mean, it's, it's a much tighter core. It's in terms of when the two of us are together, guess which one of us does the most talking? And it's not me. And when I want to do the, talk, the most talking, she kind of says like, uh, no, thank you. I don't want to talk about that sort of thing because the kinds of things I want to talk about aren't necessarily what she wants to talk about. So she needs to be an influencer, but nobody would describe her as an influencer person just because of the core. I mean, absolutely, you're right on that everybody has that need somewhere. It's a part of the human psyche. Well, and I, I think it's a gifting from God in, in the positive sense. Uh, we've talked spiritual gifts, that the thing that's our biggest struggle in the negative end of, of behavior, of attitude, of everything, is actually your strongest point uh, when it's turned over to God. And, and that's the struggle that uh, I sense and feel a lot of times, is that, that I have something to contribute, and, and if, it's, if, it's just, if it's just put to the side, it, it's not considered, there's that word again, uh, if it's not considered, then I've been dismissed. And, and uh, I don't think any of us really like to be dismissed unless it's to get out of trouble or get out of something. No, we do not like to be dismissed. And especially as a king seat person, which again, distinction, we all are there in our own sphere in the, in the, in the right place. But if you're that person in public, if you're that person who that's more of your life, then I'm going to place more value in that area. If I place more value, I need you to respond. Go back to codependent. As soon as I go in, get into a place where I need you to respond, we're not in a healthy zone. So I'm a king seat person who needs people to respond to me. Now I'm going to be, have a tendency to get angry, but as you started us off, and I, I like the fact that you started here, I know that if I do that, I'm going to destroy my ability to influence, 
So then I learned to do anger in all sorts of ways. And sometimes it's just suppression of anger. Well, that creates a whole series of problems, which... And ulcers. Yeah, ulcers, <laughs> which I don't really have time to do yeah. in, in, in this particular session. But you've got suppressed anger, which some people are more successful at that than others. And so I'm able to, again, put on performance all of the kinds of things I've been talking about. And so then everything becomes stilted and stiff and it's not real. And then I'm not having influence and, and you have all that. But much of the time, people do. They, they keep it kind of suppressed, kind of under the surface. But then at some point, it finally hits. And it hits, and the blow-up really expresses one thing. There's a form of powerlessness that I am feeling. And because of that powerlessness, that's where the anger tends to come from. So speaking from the king's seat, uh, we have the inner perception that we have something to offer of real importance. And, and uh, when it's not received as we would like for it to receive, or as it should be, uh, would be the language I would choose probably, uh, then we're offended by it. Uh, you and I have done programs now for a lot of years. Uh, we don't always agree. And, and we're, we're both open enough to let the other person know when we don't agree on something. But the beauty of that is uh, in, in being able to voice it back and forth, that stepping back, and, and, and we generally do it in a, in a jovial sort of way, but other times there's, there's an edge to it. But in, in the effort to see where the other person's coming from, we bridge a gap that could be a death to a relationship. I believe part of why we get along healthy is the, the topic that I use a lot of times. I call it stand up, sit down. Not every value is important every time. There's a time for the king's seat person. There's a time for that person to be an influencer. There's a time for the king to sit down and to listen to his counselors and suddenly, as it were, sit in an inferior seat because I have counselors because they know more than me. I need to shut up and listen, in other words. That's so, what I've been thinking as you're saying that. Shut up or be quiet. So I go into that place where I'm actually quiet. I'm taking this subservient seat for a period of time because how can I be a good king? How can I be a good influencer unless I do that? Now, let's take this back to relationship. I believe that the most powerful way to do relationship is real, where I'm hearing you, you're hearing me, we're on the same page, we're connecting. So it's no longer a vertical thing where I'm over you or, or I continually get everything right and you have everything wrong or you have to learn the information. If it's not stand up, sit down, if it's not an alternating thing, then I'm crushing your value. I'm not seeing you. I'm not hearing you. When value is crushed, that's when anger shows up. Amen. Consideration. If you, if you uh, don't have time for the other person, how can you expect them to have time for you? So if I can get into this place where we're being real and I'm listening to you, I don't even have to agree with you. In yeah. fact, I can think you're a, as foolish as foolish can be. If I honestly sit down and I ask the kinds of questions where you know 
that I'm listening. You know that I'm hearing you. I'm trying to take this stuff in, in a way that, that's going to hopefully be effective and going to uh, really pass value back and forth between the two of us. Wow, that's a real relationship. That's affirming. And very few people get highly angry in a real affirming relationship. It's, it's when the king's seat stands up and my approach comes at you in that vertical way, trying to strong arm you. Now we're likely to see some anger going back and forth. We all need to know we matter. That what we think, what we do, what we say matters. We need to pay attention to how we portray that, how we put that out. But the fact is we all need to, to have that sense of being important, of mattering. And we talked about this in the last program, but in an honor culture, again, there's different mixes here. In an honor culture, there's much more room for the vertical. In fact, sports today tends to be an honor culture where, where the younger ones Look to the legends, look to the people who have been around, look to the ones who have been the, to the championship. And so they're going to allow that person to yell and scream at them and, and to, to deal with them in ugly ways because of the more of that honor culture of, I want what you have, so I'm going to wait, I'm going to listen, I'm going to learn. There's all kinds of different dynamics of how this plays out. And sometimes there is room for more of that vertical. There is more room for a king seat, and sometimes there just isn't. I find in, in my culture, a lot of it counseling, a lot of it working with addicts, wounded people, I can't take that vertical approach. If I take that hardcore vertical approach, it's automatically done. Now, what is neat, there is some honor culture that's developed because I've worked with people, been successful. People know someone I've been successful with, they're more willing to step into that, and I get to step in and be the counselor quicker. But I've got to always be sensitive to that and understand, man, i got to see you. I've got to hear you. I've got to know where you're coming from, and I can't overstep my bounds. I traveled to a, a, a different place with what you just said. Uh, in someone who comes to... Uh, comes into the presence of a believer and is not a believer. Uh, sometimes the person that is not a believer is exposed to someone that is a pastor, uh, someone that is seasoned in, in belief in Christianity, and, and uh, it's just they're too far away. The person that has the most success is a new believer just, maybe not just, but, but shortly after they've just come to the Lord, because they're closer to being on the same level. And again, the king thing, in the king's seat, he's, he's way above everybody else uh, by birth. <laughs> but the, the, the person that can speak to you the most, sometimes, most often, I think, is the person that's closest to you in, in progression in that, that uh, belief. That goes back to this whole sense of powerlessness. And anger is such a common response because I feel impotent, I feel powerless, and then let's attach another word, I feel meaningless. And many times the way we share the gospel actually contributes to that. Mm -hmm. My way is better. My way is superior. I know. 
you don't know, you don't understand. We come in and we tromp all over the meaning of that person. We don't even understand we're doing it. We're just convinced of our message. We're, We're convinced of the need to get that message across, but the approach gives off that demeaning vibe and the other person feels powerless and they begin to get angry. And if you go back, they they get insecure and they they turn inward into self-judgment. And you've got all of these things going on. These happen so quickly and so easily, and they're aggravated whenever we go vertical into that king seat, but they're there and they're impacting our message and our ability to connect with one another. One of the the terminology some, that we sometimes use is winning people for Jesus. And and <laughs> uh I I think that makes us feel good about it. If anybody's winning for Jesus, it's Jesus. And and what he did and and we tend that's a to me that's a a picture of that elevation we give ourselves because it's we're doing it. Well, uh, I may be uh, employed in the process, and I may not be. It's Jesus that, that did the job and, and gets it done. But that language does. It sets up a power model. And once you set up a power model, if I don't win you for Jesus, there's a sense of being angry. And that's, that's just sick. And it, it's wrong at some level. We've got to come back to this idea of connection. We've got to come back to this idea of honoring and loving and presenting the gospel in a way that is love and life. If it's rejected, it's rejected. You know what? I've sown a seed, and if I've sown a seed, I've done what I need to do. I can take a deep breath. I can relax, and who knows, maybe next time when we talk, we can go to the next step or, or whatever. But as soon as you get into that language of winning, it's back into performance. It's back into right here. It's back into right now and, and winning in a way that, wow, I've, I've probably lessened my ability to actually communicate with you and share true life with you. So if there is winning, there's uh, losing. And, and uh, when we portray things as, I mean, I was an athlete, so I like to win. I mean. That's what it was all about. Well, it isn't what it's all about, but, but we need to recognize that when we take that position of we're the winner, we're putting the other person to where they at least can consider that and more likely feel like they're a loser somehow. Let's change the language to win-win. If I'm winning, I'm actually inviting you into a family. I'm inviting you to be a part of the kingdom of God. I'm inviting you to be a part of the body of Christ, and I become a brother, I become a sister. That's a whole different image, and I think the language works better when we see it that way. Absolutely. If, if, if I can share what I consider a win in my life with you, the, the both winners. That's, that's ideal. Well, the king's approach, people are quick to turn inward into perfectionism, into self-hatred, into a lot of different things. We focused on perfectionism. They're quick to turn into insecurity. They're quick to have that anger response where I'm trying to be powerful, I'm trying to be controlling, I'm trying to win, but those things, all they do is mess it up, and we've got to get back to that place of connection with God. First of all, if these things are going on inside of me, I'm not able to connect with God. 
And so the next couple programs, we'll be talking about that same procedure that we talked about all the way through the Let It Go series, which is I've got to get it handed off to God, and then I've got to receive the life of God back into me, because if I don't drink in from Christ, I don't have anything to give. It's interesting that uh, conversation brings one to do one of two things. Maybe more, but I think one of two things. Either it it uh, spurs you to step back and take a look at, okay, how much of this am I involved in? When we're we're ma- we're having this conversation, what what uh, are you saying? Am I saying that shines a light on how I f- feel about myself, and what shines a light on? how you feel about you. Conversations should not be a competitive sport. (laughs) They should be connection. They should be communion. Absolutely. Good point. And when we move from it being a competitive sport to a win-win, where we're all in this together, we're a part of this thing, how can we make this thing work together? It's powerful when that change happens. And too often, the king is trying to make people into subjects. And when that's happening, the people are going to start being angry at the king, and they're going to be wanting to throw off the king. It doesn't work that way. When a king is feeling rejection, there is internal pain, and then all of this gets messier and messier. I dare say we are both competitors, but uh, one of the finest experiences in my life are the time that we sit down uh, in front of a microphone in a radio station or here and and, uh, share, and we're both better for it. It's win-win. Absolutely. I learn from you. you. You learn from me. We challenge each other. I'd like to challenge you. Do you have relationships like that? Maybe you're on the king's side. Maybe you're more of the quieter side and, and you're, you're less of an influencer, but you need people. You need to be able to connect in real ways. I hope these conversations are helping you with that, and I hope you'll join us next week for more of Effective Heart Change. It's good to be here with real questions. <laughs> Flashback. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> Video production. Editing and audio by Matthew. Set design and setup by Ashley. Content recorded live at Studio 104.